You know, we as human beings do a really good job of, of putting things into categories, putting things into buckets. I mean, we do it with generations, we do it with learning styles, we do it with political preferences or political viewpoints. Political parties, I guess, is a bucket in itself. And we do it with behaviors, with behavioral styles. You know, Enneagram, uh, DISC, uh, Myers-Briggs, Colors, these are all fabulous assessment tools. But really what, what they're doing is they're putting us into a bucket of some sort. Well, our behaviors, they're not black and white. It's not that easy. So let's dive in a little bit today and let's talk about some more depth to our behavioral styles. Hi, I'm Kathy Rotes. I'm an executive leadership coach certified with John Maxwell and an upper level leader of a direct selling company. I get to teach and coach leadership and practice what I preach with my growing team. It's no secret that every person in the world is unique. Each person has unique strengths and talents. They may be similar to another's, but it's not the same. If we know this, then why do we get frustrated with ourselves when we try something the same way someone else did it and they succeeded at it, but it does not work for us? We are forgetting that our strengths and talents make us different. We need to be thinking differently to cater to who we are. When someone or something says no to us, let's get excited about that challenge. Let's lean into it. Let's find our yes. This podcast will challenge your thinking and your habits. We will challenge you to go for no so you can be blessed with a yes. Welcome to the podcast that will challenge you in thinking differently. I personally really like the DISC assessment, so that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. I uh, have been asked quite a few times in the last week, just, just there's some confusion with the DISC assessment. You know, I, I offer an informal DISC, and actually that's what we did in episodes five and six. We went through an informal DISC assessment with you by just asking you two questions. What's your pace and what's your preference? Definitely go back to the podcast episodes and take a listen to numbers five and six. You know, with that informal assessment, there's so much enlightenment that happens about who we are and who the, the people around us are. This alone was definitely just a magnified revelation when the first time that I ever did it. I suddenly had a better understanding of who I was and why I do things. And I had a better understanding of my kids and my husband and my parents and my coworkers and my friends. And that reason, that why that I started to learn, it, it just made more sense. It, it made it more acceptable, I guess. So that informal assessment is a great starting point. But there is a formal assessment. There's always a formal assessment available. And it's an online tool, and it gives you a 30-page report. It, it depends which one you're taking, but you know, roughly 30-page report that, that tells you more detail of who you are or who that person is. And, and people lately have been really asking me, because with the informal assessment, they're trying to figure out who they are, who other people are, but they just can't quite figure some people out. You know, they're not really a D or an I, or an S, or a C. Well, listen to this. 
I just pulled some data that uh, that I had on file. I pulled data of 85 different people who have taken the formal DISC assessment. Only four of those 85 people had one letter as their DISC report. Only four people, that's 4.7% of people had just one letter. And, and many times when we are doing an informal DISC assessment, we're giving ourselves one letter. Well, less than 5% of people have just one letter as their descriptor. The majority of the people, actually 71.7% of the people have two letters. It's a combination. And then there's another 23.5% that actually are given three letters to define who they are and, and, and what their behaviors are. Well, and nobody is ever given all four letters. That, well, that's a whole different issue. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing is, is when we're trying to figure people out, we're trying to put them into buckets that we learned, we're trying to categorize them, and our behaviors aren't that easy. They're not that black and white. So let's dig in a little bit today about other combinations of, of the DISC assessment that you could be. Okay, so first of all, when you take a DISC assessment, it's going to give you some really cool graphs that are going to, you know, a visual component to define your behaviors. And I love visuals. There's color, there's the graph piece to it. It's, it's wonderful because it sticks in your mindset. We remember visuals. Okay, so, so I use the, the John Maxwell DISC assessment. I've also used TTI's DISC assessment. Um, I know Wiley has a DISC assessment. I think I just heard Dave Ramsey has some sort of a, a DISC assessment. Depending on which assessment you're using will depend on what is reported back to you. I, I know I've taken a few different brands of DISC assessment and I've gotten different results. Uh, so, so it's interesting, but you know what? I've chosen to really hone in and study just, just one certain type of DISC assessment. And with this type, there are graphs that are given to you in three different ways. One graph is called the public graph, then there's the private graph, and then there's the perceived graph. The public graph is more like that mask that we all put on every single day when we go out in public. These are behaviors that people expect from you. Okay, these are behaviors that actually change with the environment that you're in. You have a different public mask when you're at work, when you're at play, when you're at home, when you're around people who you trust, when you're around people who you don't trust. Even when you switch jobs, there's a different public mask that you put on. Now this, this graph or this, this mask is, has the greatest potential for change. You are going to change uh, depending on which job you're at, depending on what people you're with. Okay, that's, that's your public. That's your public mask. Then there's the private self, the private behaviors. These actually, these behaviors are who we are when we are under stress. These behaviors are the core of who we are. When, when, when we're under stress and when we're really showing our private self, this might reveal our blind spots. Our blind spots, if, you're a, if you have D in you, it would be defiance. If you have I in you, it might be illogical. If you have S in you, it's, it's, uh, you, you could be a sucker, which means you don't say no too often. And if you have C in you, it is cold. 
especially in your facial expressions. You're just cold with your response. Those are the blind spots. And those blind spots really do come out when we're under stress. Now, these are our behaviors that we've learned since childhood. We've learned certain responses since childhood. Well, what that tells me is then this is a really strong habit within us. Now, our stress responses here, they're, they're least likely to change over time. This is really, really strong and embedded within us. Here's what's really amazing is any training that you've ever received will supersede these instinctive styles that we have within us. So we can be anything. We can be any style, any behavioral style, and we can be any profession in life. And sometimes with these behavioral styles, we say the doctors are usually a C and the nurses are usually an S. But with this idea of a stress behavioral style, we can be anything because our training is going to supersede our style. So think of this. Think of somebody who might be a high I. They're very dynamic and they're very inspirational and they're very social. And they're a paramedic. When they get on the scene, they know exactly what to do, when to do, what to call, call on, or, or what, what tool or procedure they need to do. They are so trained in that environment that their eye, their socialness, their, their likability really goes to the side because their training is going to supersede their instinctive style. We manage to our instinctive style. Okay, then the other graph that I was talking about is our perceived graph or our mirror. This is our self-identity. This is our self-image. This graph reveals our fears. Many times when our fears come out, it's because we're, we, we are, we're, we're, we're interacting, I guess, in that perceived graph. Now, when we take a formal DISC assessment and it gives you your label, it gives you your letter or letters. It's pulling it from the perceived graph. We could be a, a DI in the report. That's, that's actually what's reported back to us. But under stress, we're a CS. I mean, that's totally opposite. Our pace just slowed down. That's so different. But we could be a different person in different situations. And then, of course, there's always the confusion that happens that, you know, when you're at home with your family, you, you see your mom and dad or you see your kids as a certain person. And then you go out in public and they're totally different. They're just weird. <laughs> well, that's the difference between the private self and the public self. So do you see how these behaviors are not black and white? <laughs> it's just not easy to label ourselves or other people with one letter. There's a combination and there's different people, I guess, that comes out in different situations. Okay, so, so we've got the idea of, of there's the different graphs. We'll just call it that because visually that's what the reports give you. We have different selves that, that comes out. There's also different combinations that can mean something different. So when I took, when I took the assessment... I came out with three of the four letters. I'm a DIC. That is different than an IDC or an ICD or an ISD. I mean, 
you might have the same three letters, but the combination and the order matters. And you know, I'm a DIC, and that's different than a DI. So, so you see here how, gosh, if we have a D, there could be a DI, a DC, a DS, a DIC, a DIS, a DSC. Do you see where you could go here? I'm sure there's some mathematician out there that could tell me how many combinations <laughs> there would be with these four, four letter options. But each combination really creates a different dynamic within, be, within people. It creates different behaviors. And that's where it really gets to be challenging to figure people out. Because you thought for sure they were a D, and then suddenly they showed S behaviors, and, and that's okay. But here's one that really has caused confusion. Many times when I do an informal disc by asking those two simple questions, uh, people come out and say, well, I'm definitely a D. And then we take the formal assessment, and they're not a D at all. They're an SIC. SIC, D is not even in the, the graph. And when you, when you look at these graphs, there's always a midline. There's always the center point of the graph. If your plot points for the four letters are above the center line, that's, that's, that's your behavioral style. If your plot point is below the center line, that is not in, in your results. So an SIC has the S, the I, and the C above the center line, and the D is below the line. Why did this person think they were a D when we did the informal assessment? Well, why did the formal assessment come out and not even show D qualities? Well, that's actually another pattern. That's called a false D. If the D is below the center line and the I, S, and C are above in some combination, they're called false D. And what happens, usually where, you, where I see this is in the stress graph or the private graph. What happens is, is when they're under pressure, when they're under stress, they become a D, as long as the parameters are extremely defined. The expectations are there, the, the rules are in place, the boundaries are, are ready. If that exists, the false D comes out. They act like a D. The, the, the example of a paramedic is exactly that. They might be an ISC. But wow, when there's an emergency, when they're called, when they hit an accident, when they get to an accident, they just jump into gear and they take over the situation and they know what to do, when to do it. They're acting like a D, but really they're not a D unless they're under stress. Sometimes the perceived graph might be a false D. That means that's who you think you are but maybe under stress or maybe in public, it doesn't come out. And that's what shocks people. And that's what causes confusion. Okay, here's, here's another combination. You ready for this? <laughs> you know, if you were to look at a, a, a visual image, if you were to go out and Google disc, and you were to look at a visual image of the disc chart, it would start with a D in the top left, I would be top right, S would be bottom right, and C would be bottom left. If you have high plot points for any of these letters that, that, that are opposite each other, that's called a Mimi conflict. Maybe you're a DS or an SD, or maybe you're an IC or a CI. Those plot points are, are opposite when you look at this visual chart. That's a Mimi conflict. 
here's what it looks like. I was working with an executive one time and, and she had a Mimi conflict. Well, that alone just sounds awful. You know, she even said, I, I don't have conflict. I'm not conflicted in myself. And I said, well, okay, so you're an IC. What this probably looks at like is, hey, I love people, just do it my way. And her boss was in the room and he busted laughing. He's like, that's exactly who you are, <laughs> Miss HR. Isn't that interesting, right? The HR, uh, the human resource department is all about people, but they have a lot of rules that they create and they expect people to follow. Well, loving people is the I, following rules is the C. That's where you may find conflict within yourself or you see conflict within the people you're connecting with. Now, what do you do about that? Well, you know what? You don't fix it. You don't do anything. You just realize that my behaviors within myself are not black and white. It's not easy. But now you, maybe you understand why. Why you do things a certain way. Why you respond a certain way. Why you're confused sometimes a certain way. Isn't this fun? <laughs> Isn't this fun? There's so many com combinations of our behavioral styles. Oh, and there's so many more. I'm not going to go into detail, but there's transitional patterns. There's the overshift, the undershift, the closer point, the points that cross the midlines within th three graphs. I mean, it's just crazy the amount of analysis that can go in to you, to your behaviors, to your assessment results. They give you 30-page document to read through, but there's so much more that you need to process. And you almost need to be coached through to better understand it. I mean, there's just so much more that unless somebody studies this constantly, you can't, you can't keep track of it all. But it's okay. It's okay. You know what? People are not easy to figure out. <laughs> we are not easy to figure out ourselves. You know, an assessment is just a starting point, but it's not an end-all. The informal assessment is just a starting point to understand and realize that people are different. We can somewhat categorize them and put them in buckets and maybe understand them and adapt our ways, but it's not an end-all. I personally think that this is a great starting point because it clarifies challenges that I encounter and it gives meaning to the person's why. It gives meaning to my why. You know, however, bottom line, we need to adapt to who they are. If you're trying to figure somebody out, a coworker, a family member, we need to adapt to who they are and that might be different in private versus public versus stress. We need to ask questions. We need to listen to understand, not to be understood. So I encourage you, use these tools as a starting point. And if you're interested in a formal DISC assessment, if you want to take a formal assessment, let me know. Let me know. I can get you hooked up. I can even help debrief it for you to help you better understand what the graphs are about and how it's laid out. But do not keep yourself or others in the box their whole life. Don't keep them in that category that was labeled for them. You know, we're people. We can and we do change. So I challenge you, become the person that you want to be. Not your historical habits, not the training that you've received. Become the person you want to be.
and trust that others are doing the same. Be great today, my friends. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world-class. Please follow this podcast, visit our websites, and follow Unity Consulting and Chef Kathy on Facebook. That's chef, like a cook, C-H-E-F. Be sure to share this with your friends. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered.